Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Sydney will end an era. I think it's, it's a really good end to, uh, to what's been a fantastic era. And who'll be saying goodbye to the main game? I hope Techno keep the two drivers they've got. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Triple Eight will be running a silver bullet at Sydney. The team says goodbye to their major sponsor of six years, Vodafone. With an outstanding record of 135 podium finishes, 84 of those race wins, 48 pole positions and a win ratio of 46.15%. Wink up and lounge talked about the swan song they want to provide. Jamie and I push each other pretty hard on track. You know, when he goes faster, I want to go a bit faster, and then we, we just keep, uh, you know, that, that vicious circle of uh, outdoing each other happens. And, of course, then it pushes the team to, for bigger and better things. And, of course, uh, uh, if we can achieve that, do that, uh, you know, if we can have a one-two, as I said, you know, that, that would be the ultimate respect, you know, to, to go out with a bang, to have this livery. Um, it is quite, I'm, I'm excited about it. I asked, that, asked why we didn't do it earlier. Fantastic six years, uh, really, really memorable. Um, and I think a lot of people will remember this Vodafone era as uh, not only the red cars, but the, but the chrome. You know, I think really felt like we, uh, we introduced the chrome um, into that supercar racing. So I feel it's really fitting to have a fully chromed car this weekend. Um, nice, bright red wheels. Um, Good luck to the guy trying to clean those wheels. They're going to to be hard to maintain. Talking sponsors on the way out, FPR will see Orcon and Trading Post exit as major sponsors on the weekend. It's expected that Pepsi will replace them on both cars in 2013. Mark Scaife has unveiled plans of the upgrading of Pukekohe. The V8 commissioner saying that they don't want to change the character of the circuit but do need to ensure it meets the current safety requirements. The great thing about this place, and this is one of the big selection criteria about Pukekohe, is the character of this racetrack. I'm passionate about how fast it is. I'm passionate about I'm leaving the bumps. I'm passionate about the way the cars move around. I've been driving here since the late 80s. It's one of the best racetracks in the world. All we need to do is make it modern, in terms of its safety. The upgrade features two turns, which Scaife is at pains to point out are not chicanes. Well, from a pure safety standpoint, you know, uh, 270 kilometres an hour to the hairpin there, there's just not enough runoff behind it. So to make a FIA, World Motorsport Governing Body, uh, Category 2 racetrack, as in the licensing, it needs to be upgraded. For us, the smart thing to do with that is if you're going to upgrade those things, add something that's going to give it character 
and enhance the racing quality. And that's why we've put... It's not a chicane. If anyone calls it a chicane, they'll, I'll be very angry. It's, it's, it's two proper corners with a great kink down to the hairpin. So on all our simulation, on all our vet supercar work we've done, they will be overtaking at both those spots. Back across the ditch and Ford has appointed a new motorsport manager with Graham Barry moved to regional manager of Southern Region and David Francis, who has 35 years with Ford, moving from the retail communications and dealer relationship manager role into the motorsport role. Kelly Racing have confirmed that Greg Murphy and Carl Reindler will not be part of the team's transition to Nissan. The two drivers are currently looking for a new ride, with Reindler having been linked to DJR, whilst Murphy's future may depend on what Gary Rogers will do in replacing Michael Caruso. James Courtney will start his 100th V8 supercar event, fittingly with the team he debuted, HRT, in 2005 at Sandown. He was then poached by Stone Brothers Racing before moving to Dick Johnson Racing where he won the championship in 2010. The past two years at HRT, he's only netted one win but is hoping to turn things around at his hometown this weekend. John Bow spoke about the state of V8 supercars and what he thinks is the current downfall of the series. Well, I personally, I mean this is only my own opinion, I think... um I mean, whilst I love the aerodynamic influence of cars, and as a driver, it's very, you know, interesting to be involved in uh, cars that have got aero influence. The cars that haven't got aero influence provide better racing, and I truly think, and I'm certainly the odd one out here, that a V8 supercar without massive aero influence would be a much would provide much better racing. Uh, as we see them at the moment, they're very specialised, they're very good at what they do, the drivers are terrific, but they, they do a lot of uh, follow-the-leader stuff and they have to have, to provide some entertainment, they have to have long races with soft and hard tyres and refuelling and all that sort of stuff to throw some curveballs at it. I personally think that they should take the, the front uh, under tray out of them and, and uh, reduce the size of the rear wing. I don't suggest that you take the wing off altogether, but reduce the aero effect considerably and uh, maybe make a ride height change so they sit up in the air a bit more so the centre of gravity... They've, they've just evolved so much over the years by engineering input that they've become almost sterile. Is it going to be better with the car of the future? I'd come a doubt. I mean, I think it'll be interesting because there'll be other brands out there, and I think that's interesting in itself. But the the I don't think it'll provide better racing. No, not at all. Uh, you know, if you take it to its extreme, I'm, I compete quite often in the GT Championship with Peter Edwards in a Ferrari, and they're more aero influenced by quite a long way than a V8 supercar. And they've got bigger and better tyres and they've got better brakes, but the racing's no better. You know, it's not... You don't find what people really want to watch in those categories. They want to watch spectacular racing. And I I think you get that without too much aero and without too much tyre grip. And finally, the latest edition of VADX magazine is now available. Find out how HRT are preparing to wake the sleeping lion in this edition. You can find it in stores or online through the mag shop for your iPad edition. And that's the news 
for Nobrac carbon fibre products. Check out the entire range today at www.nobrac.com.au. That's N-O-B-R-A-C. After the break, Chris Jewell and Mark Fogarty will join me. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Auto Action and, of course, don't forget the Age newspaper, it is Mark Fogarty. Good evening, folks. Hey there, Craig. Yeah, well, in fact, it's now Fairfax Media. It's the whole enchilada, the Age, the Sydney Morning Herald, even the Canberra Times. You can read me over breakfast. Well... I, uh, if you I'm, could read. Yeah, well, that's it. That's why I'm in radio. Chris Jules, another talker. He's the voice of the V8 supercars. But uh, I know you do do a bit of writing on the side as well, Chris. Oh, I don't know if it's writing as much as scribbling, but I sort of certainly couldn't compare with the other end of the radio, unfortunately. But um, my background won't be anything like as grandiose as Fairfax. I'm just stuck doing V8 supercar commentary. Yes. Hey, we're going to see the final round of the year. It's the final outing in the main game for the current generation of cars. Is this going to be a particularly positive swan song, Chris? Oh, I don't think it's going to change a hell of a lot. I think they're probably more focused on the start of next year as opposed to the end of the one that's just gone. Um, They've had it all to themselves for a long time, Holden and Ford, and uh, it is a very anticlimactic finish, obviously, as folks will touch on, I have no doubt whatsoever, even though Jamie Wincup's not yet enjoying the... You know, the celebration of what has been a great championship year for him, I feel a little bit flat-heading there, but there's always a reason to get excited upon arrival because it's normally a pretty close contest on the streets of Homebush. Folks, is Jamie Winkup the most unpopular four-time champion in V8 Supercar slash Australian touring car history? I think that's a bit harsh. Um, he does have some work to do with his image, that's true. Um he gets called Whinge Cup a lot. Um, he needs to take the straight jacket off. We, we've talked about this before. And he was particularly unemotional and undemonstrative, you know, when he wrapped up the title at, at Winton. Um, he just doesn't seem to be ready yet to uh, claim the title that's, well, it's his. There seems to be some, I don't know, worry in the back of his mind that still some points penalty could be applied. Well, it'd have to be a hell of a big one to turn it around, but... I mean, yeah, that's possible, you know, if they got rubbed out for some major technical infringement or he just went absolutely, you know, berserk and totted up some incredible amount of driving infringements. But really, in reality, I don't know why he just doesn't um, let his hair down and just enjoy it and, uh, you know, go to Sydney and uh, lap it up as the champion. I mean, he's got two races, 500 kilometres. It could be the longest victory lap in the history of ever. 
<laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> I think the other thing too is he's worn out. Uh, there's been a pretty turbulent year uh, for Jamie, and I just think having to defend and attack to win this championship every year for the last six years, he probably does get a bit weary at the end of all of it. But I do agree it'd be nice to see the human side because I've seen him amongst mates, and he's a bit of a larrikin and a knockabout, and loves to have a laugh and a good time. But certainly when he's behind the microphone, uh, appears to be a hell of a lot more staid. He's, uh, he's you say good... that about so many of them. You know, they just for some reason do not want to show their true face to their adoring public, who would adore them even more if they were just real people and said what they thought, said what they believed, and just behaved. You know, short of you know something you know ridiculous or unseemly, but just behaved as they would normally. Um, a lot more drivers would be a lot more popular with a lot more people. This year, I guess the classic example is David Reynolds. He's been doing well. He's not afraid to say, you know, is it safe to say what's on his mind? Because uh, he's now got fans that are enjoying someone who's got a bit of character about him, Chris. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, David's a long way short of ever being, you know, going down in history as one of the, the most successful racing drivers. But he's his personality is very unique indeed. I mean, there are, you know, the straight-talking, hip-shooting Greg Murphys of the world and the Russell Ingalls, etc. and days gone by, there were many different personalities. But uh, David is a very different individual, and if he starts winning lots of races, he may well be the breath of fresh air we're looking for. Folks? He is indeed, yeah, I, I agree. He was some, he, He's a stand-up comedian. He's just, <laughs> you know, a born joker. I mean, the post-race press conference at Bathurst, I mean, you know... He was, you know, a hero anyway for almost winning Bathurst and, you know, really putting the pressure on Jamie Wincup at the end. But, you know, his performance in the media conference just brought the house down. I mean, completely overshadowed Wincup, who, you know, joined the all-time greats by winning his fourth Bathurst 1000. Reynolds, um, you know, I call him um, Crazy Dave because he is really crazy. He just says what's on his mind, which oftentimes, of course, is not very much. But... He is funny. He's a great character and he's extraordinarily quirky. And um, if he gets it all together, he's got the speed and he pretty much has got the car. He's going to be one of the, not only one of the, the stars of racing in terms of driving ability and results, but he's going to be one of the great um, personalities. And he, he, he will become very, very popular once he gets a high profile, I think. Well, well, Crazy Dave will stick because I hadn't heard that one and that's a ripper because that's all he lacks right now is some race wins and a moniker to go by, and I think it's hugely marketable. I do a lot of interviews up in the corporate paddock club area, and uh, I look forward to each time I'm interviewing him, and I've got him this Saturday morning, which will be an interesting affair. There are times he actually answers questions you haven't even asked, uh, which is incredible. So I think Crazy Dave will write that one down. Yeah, you can have it. (laughs) It is interesting because we talked about the Cars farewell. We talked about Sydney's farewell to 2012, but it's also the farewell to Vodafone. At Team Vodafone will have, as uh, Fogues broke the story, the Red Bull logos emblazoned on their car. Is this period of Triple Eight a period that goes with the HRT Scafe years and uh, and uh, oh, I'm trying to think, and of course the Brock uh, Marlboro dealer team years as just the you know one of those dominant periods that people you know end up with tattoos over the body for. Folks? Yeah, it's an epoch. That's what I reckon. All right, now for the rest of us who don't have your thesaurus handy. <laughs> it's an era. It's a, a period in time that stands out for all time. 
Yes, thanks very much. Uh, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Chris Jewell, Mark Foggy, and, of course, Craig Ravel. Guys, interesting, if we just turn our attention away from the main game... We've got a fantastic battle in the development series. And uh, Scott McLaughlin, who won New Zealand Super Touring Championship last weekend, is looking out, looking to take out the double there, folks. He is indeed, yes. Um, he's come on strong, um, particularly... Um, well, I don't know the details. I'm not going to try and bluff my way through this. I'm not a Dunlop series development series expert. But from what I noticed at Winton, um, Chaz Mostert went backwards... Um, Nick Perkett sort of, you know, consolidated and Scott McLaughlin made the move forward. Anyway, he's leading and um, I think it's a three-way battle going to Sydney. It's the only title in the V8 that's going to be up for grabs, so <laughs> it may actually get some coverage. I'll be looking for things to write about mm. um, over the weekend that means something. But, um, yeah, it should be a pretty desperate fight. I mean, those development series races are pretty desperate affairs anyway. They're guys, their whole future's on the line. And, um, you know, Mostert was looking the goods, but um, he had a terrible weekend at Winton. You know, you just can't say it any other way. It was a disaster. Um, And McLaughlin, well, he's on a roll. I mean, we've seen him coming for a while. He's a talented young kid. Um, He's wrapped up the Kiwi V8 title, or one of them anyway. And apparently, well, the word I hear is he's looking pretty good for a main main game drive next year. He's one of the contenders to join Gary Rogers Motorsport, where there looks to be uh, a big clean-out on the way, because Caruso is off to Nissan, and uh, the Frenchman, well, the French experiment hasn't really worked, so you've got to wonder about Alex Prima, about his future, so uh, mm. it could fall into 
the lap of Scott McLaughlin, particularly if he wraps up the title. But uh, I think it's going to be a pretty ugly battle out there, don't you, Chris? I do indeed. Four-way battle, in fact. Uh, Scott Pye's in the mix as well. 82 points covers uh, McLaughlin, Percat, Mostert and Pye. And, of course, Percat, well, he's gone and won four of the last five. No reverse top ten race in race two there this weekend at Sydney Olympic Park. So just two dashes for the cash. And if Percat wins them both, McLaughlin finishes second in the both. McLaughlin would win the championship. If Percat won them both and McLaughlin had a second and a third, Percat would win it by one point. I've just got a strange feeling that there might be a surprise end result at the end of this weekend and, and somebody that perhaps hasn't been seen coming could sneak under the radar and pick it up and that could well be Scott Pye. If he sits back outside the leading lights battle at the front, he might be the greatest inheritance of all. Yeah, well, we saw that with Sebastian Vettel a few years ago in Formula 1, didn't we? McLaughlin? <laughs> yeah, he's turned out pretty well, though, Craig. You know? <laughs> yes. That was hardly a fluke. But there you go, look at that. Good on you, Chris. You, the expert, you ask the expert, Craig, and you get the proper answer. You that, know, I was just weaving around like there was a chicane there, and I'm just in and out, bobbing and weaving. That's, that's why I asked you first. I knew it was a setup. It was yes. a setup. Hey, I'll yeah. tell you what. Because... But it would, it would be a turn up if Scott Pye won it because, well, I don't know. He hasn't really, he hasn't really performed as strongly as you would have expected, given the car he has and the team he's with. So, for him to sneak through, that would be a turn up for the book. I was actually referring to. Uh... Vettel's first win when they were when Ferrari just went to cover off Weber all race, but be that as it may, the Dunlop series though interesting because we talked about the drivers in their press conferences. Well, the three or four regulars at the Dunlop series press conferences, Chris of you and I are too. We have enjoyed some by play and we've enjoyed some personality from these young drivers right throughout the series. Oh yeah, there's some needle there. Make no mistake. There's you know you've got to remember that Mostert, McLaughlin, Scott Pye all raced carts against each other years ago. So there's a few scores to be settled. And in recent times, Factory Ford, Factory Holden, as in Mostert and Percat. Well, there's no love lost between those two, and it spilled over post-race at Bathurst. And uh, Mostert's closing statement was, "I'll see you at Winton." And they lined up on the front row of the grid, and I thought this is going to be fantastic. And Mostert made a horrible start and went backwards and now never on the same piece of track all weekend. I think that will be very different this weekend at Homebush. And you're right, they, uh, they wax lyrical. They've not yet had all the media fluff training applied to them and they are raw and, and, uh, and they are honest. And long may that continue. Yeah, we hope well, so indeed. I should go to one of those press conferences then. <laughs> sounds like just, just, just my, uh, my style. It sounds good. Um, by the way, I, we were talking about Percat and I probably didn't... In- did him an injustice by saying he consolidated because, as you rightly pointed out, Chris, he, he, he uh, was very successful on the weekend at Winton. But it raises a question about, you know, he may win the championship. Now, we a year ago we were thinking, you know, this year it'd be his um, training year or final training year and he'd slide into the super cheap Walkinshaw racing entry because Russell Ingle would be waving bye-bye. But... That doesn't look like it's happening now. Russell seems to have entrenched himself there, wants to have yet another season. So um, it's interesting, What you know? where does Percat go after this season? Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Uh, although I think there's still a fair bit of uh, stuff to be settled at, uh, at Walkinshaw Racing. And I was hearing chat recently that uh, it's Walkinshaw Racing's obligation to find Nick Percat uh, the right sort of drive in the future. So I think it probably runs a little bit deeper than we know from the outside looking in. Mm. It's interesting too because Pye's linked with the second Dumbrell seat. McLaughlin's linked 
with the Fujitsu seat. And I don't know about you guys, but the talk I'm hearing is we might have a Frenchman replaced by a German uh, with Christian Klein certainly speaking with Gary Rogers in depth over the uh, uh, over the Winton weekend and beyond. So uh, Austrian even. Oh, he's Austrian, of course. Oh, yeah, but yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll leave out what the Austrians, when they became Germans, ended up doing. But uh, guys, it, it is well, every everyone who hasn't got a drive is talking to Gary Rogers, you know, from Greg Murphy down. Mm. And suddenly we've got the the wild card in all this is the sudden vacancy at Stone Brothers Racing. Who's mm. going to replace the gears? And that's a that's an interesting topic, isn't it? Because it looked like Silly Season was going to be down to a few paid driver seats at uh, at Brad Jones Racing and and so on, and now you've got a prime seat, Chris, up for grabs. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, there'll be plenty of people waving their flag because if uh, entities like Gary Rogers were holding a lot of drivers at arm's length, uh, knowing that he may have had one of the prize seats, well, all of a sudden now a second one opens up, so I think there'll be a fair bit of activity going on to secure what could have been six or eight drivers locally vying for one spot. All of a sudden, if there's two spots there, it throws um, a bit of a mix into the equation, doesn't it? I'm hearing that um, Charlie Schwerkholz as good as done as far as uh, the driver he's going to take into the 2013 season, but the Stone Brothers thing, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to somebody totally out of left field. Mm. Well, it's going to have to. <laughs> because I mean, cause, you know, the field of contenders in terms of you know top-ranked drivers is extremely thin, as in non-existent, really, to get someone of the calibre of Shane Van Gisbergen. I, I, I just don't see it. I mean, maybe the front-runner is Steve Owen, because he's looks like he's out of a drive with Morris selling his one of his wrecks to um, Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport. So Owen's on the loose. Um, you know, what else? Uh, Andrew Thompson's floating around. There are, you know, do you bring back a Steve Richards or Luke Yule and Dean Cantor? You know, I'm just spitballing here. You know, mm. Percat, he's on the loose, possibly. Chad Moxley move left field up there and be a revelation as a youngster. Yeah, mm. but, you know, they need experience to drive that project. You know, yep. They don't need rookies. And then, you know, Erebus are going to have a say in this, so where are they going to go? They may bring in, you know, um, a German GT or XDTM driver. Peter Hackett's lurking in the wings. He's an Erebus man. You know, it's an interesting... And Mostert, Mostert's, by all accounts, is going to be on the loose because, as you alluded to earlier, Alex Davison seems to have a lock. Alex Davison has a lock on the fourth FPR entry under the Schwerkolt wreck. So, you know, the Stone Brothers... Mm. who, I have to say, aren't really talking to me at the moment. Yeah, they're not talking to many at the moment, are they? Uh, yeah, but they're not talking to me even more than they're not talking to you or anyone else. Yes. It... Yeah, no, they've cracked it with me. Mm. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Um, <laughs> anyway, they've got a hard decision. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Yes. Guys, just quickly, guys, who, who are we going to see for the last time? Greg Murphy? Chris, yes or no? Yes. Full time. La- Okay. Carl Reinler. Oh, well, folks? Oh, oh, you want my opinion, do you? I'll, I'll ask for it. We're going to see Greg Murphy any again as full-time driver? Um, yes. Okay. Are we going to see... If not, Super Enduro Man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's the only two questions. <laughs> yeah, only two that's the only two options, so <laughs> you've covered them off. Great work. Folks? Well, no, he could Carl- retire. 
But he, yes he or no, he yes and no. But considering... Murph tells me he can't afford to retire. Yeah. Mm, yeah, right. And that's what he's told everyone, so... Uh, if you're talking about Carl Reindler, are we going to see him as a main game driver, folks? Oh, yeah, with that amount of cash strapped to his back, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a bit unfair. Yeah, I think he will. He looked like on a fast track to um, take the seat at um, Dean Fiore with DJR because Dean Fiore looked like hmm. stepping back um, just to be an owner because um, funding was an issue. But I hear now that he's saying, no, no, I want to continue. So I, I don't know. But anyway, if. Um, there will be a seat, there should be a seat, of, well, he's yet to prove himself, but in terms of being able to bring sponsorship, Carl Reindler should be able to get a drive. All right. It what? could also be a seat at Techno as well. Well, I'll get through the Depending list, Chris. how many Chris. cars they run. Well, they're running two. They're running uh, two. We don't know that for sure, Craig. Oh, that's the message I've been given. Uh, yeah, okay. well, yeah, I mean, they're... But remember, they're leasing the second license, and yeah, know, well, that might I, be in play. I, anyway, yeah, I know sorry. that uh, I know that it's always unreliable. But Paul said on the show last week that Techno have got the license, and he and he's expecting to sell that license to them at the end of next year, and he's out completely. But that okay. is from the that is from the mouth of Paul Morris, who is the man who told me Russell Ingall was not going to race for him three weeks before he signed him. Yeah, yeah so. Uh, Anyway, that definitely won't happen then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> guys, sorry, go on. Okay, so let's go Patrese. Folks, Chris? Mm, we're on no, a time. I fear. Chris? I think yes. Okay. What about David Wall? Yes. It looks like yes. You think he's back he's, with... He's, I knew, interestingly, given his situation and, you know, his resolute... Um, um, you know, position in the field, which is way at the back. Um, you know, he just hasn't done a lot, I'm afraid. Although he did pop up somewhere in qualifying at Winton, which was amazing. But just on the surface, he's done very little. But there's been zero chat about him moving. Uh, I think BJR are sticking with the trio they have this year. Have had this year. Mm. Is there anyone I've missed now because I got thrown off? Taz is back for next year. I can't think of anyone no, else who's walking no, no. away. Taz not. Taz is where's, not. Where, well, where's Taz going? Taz is staying where he is. Where at LDM? That's just, uh, that's, not what I hear. Okay, well that's changed Scott since Pye. Winton. Scott Pye's driving the second car. Yeah, and the other car will be driven by Tim Blanchard or a mystery driver. Ooh. <laughs> Watch this space. Yeah. Well, get, come on, Craig. Try and think it. Who who's it been rampant speculation about coming into V8 supercars from another branch of motorsport who has strong ties to Triple Eight? Yes, of course. Who? That's Casey Stoner. Yeah. Give the man a prize. Yes, thank you. Yeah, no, that whisper won't go away. I keep I keep hearing rumblings about because um, LDM will be a you know quasi. Triple Eight satellite team, and um, you know, I just keep hearing about a Red Bull Junior team and mm. Casey Stoner being involved. So make of that what you will, but it's a, a persistent um, bit of intelligence that keeps popping back. Okay, Chris, any Noted other? here first, folks. You did indeed, and uh, Chris, any other drivers you think we will be waving goodbye to? 
not that I can readily think of at this point in time, no, because the vacancy the Vangus has created might save a couple, and uh, to be quite honest, the only one that I think that might struggle to find a seat, as I mentioned, was Greg, Greg Murphy. Mm. Guys, it's a pleasure to catch up with you. We're looking forward to the... Uh final race of the year and congratulations to both of you for your nominations in the V8 Media Awards this year. Uh, oh, thank you. And of course, uh, we'll have all the results next Which week. Which we on don't the show. know about yet, of course. Well, the nominations are... <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yes, but you'll be voting for the uh, nominees all this weekend with the... Oh. With the awards banquet That's on Monday. like an Academy nomination. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> an Academy Award nomination. <laughs> well, Academy Award nominations that are sell more tickets to the movies. If this sells more publications, then it's doing exactly oh, the same thing. And, and, sorry, did you actually... What have we... We've been award, uh, nominated for awards in what, sorry? Uh, Fogues is in the... No, no, what is it? It's, 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 the V8 Media Association right. Awards. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> We're very disruptive today, aren't we, Craig? I'm sorry. It's very unfair That's... to be messing with the host. Well, uh, if you don't, who else will? <laughs> Chris, yeah, thanks uh, for your time. A disturbing mental vision just came into my head. My choice of words was poor. You didn't have to go there, folks. No. Chris, All right. thank, thank you. Thank you, Craig. For... Chris, thank you. Good chat, we'll and we'll with, see you uh, on the weekend. The Fujitsu white flag lap is up next. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, brought to you by Fujitsu, Australia's leading air. Michael Patrici's future is still up in the air, and we spoke to him about his year and his hopes to continue in the main game. Um, I think I think we've had a good year. I think I've done everything I could possibly have done. Um, you're always learning. With qualifying's been our biggest downfall. Um, but in saying that, I don't think it's all down to me. Um, it's it, the championship's a lot closer than people give it credit for. And when you haven't been here for two years and you come out and you need to produce a lap time, it's sometimes a little bit difficult. And we're talking tense. You know, tense makes you look completely different. And um, that's that's been you know that's been our biggest downfall. But we have qualified inside the top ten six or seven times. Um, but there's a lot more races than six or seven. So to summarise it, I actually think I've done a pretty good job. I class this is my first season back in. You look at other people that that in their first year really, they've never been nineteenth in the championship, and we could have been a lot further up than that. So I actually think we've been going pretty well. Can you talk about the different level of pressure this this series has compared to Carrera Cup, compared to all the other championships you've running? Yeah, I mean this this championship does have a different level of pressure. Um, because you've got such a big fan base behind you, um, so you've got you've got that you've got a lot lot more supporters, sponsors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that you need to you need to um, impress or, or not prove, but you need to do the right job for them for their business. When you're racing your your Formula Three European Championship, you know it's it's driver versus driver. There's no sponsors involved. It's it, it's your 
It's your um, family money that's behind you to get you to that level. Everyone's the same. Um, and you're really just... You're really just... Uh, you're really just racing each other hard. And there's no the only pressure is to, to get hopefully that drive the year after in something bigger. With this one here, it's it's your life. It's your life. It's your age. You know, it's your your day job. This is our day job, and um, there's a lot of pressure from outside in, which makes it all that more difficult. Talking about this time of year, we all look to what you're doing next year. Looks like Techno will have the two licenses. Are they going to keep their two drivers? I hope Techno keep the two drivers they've got. Um, look, like I've said all along, I've done everything I've been asked to do. Um, the KPIs, everything, we've, we've all sat down. I meet them. It's, it's commercial now. It's simple as that. And um, if the team can get the support, I'm sure they'll keep me on board. Um, and if I can help them get some support, that'll help as well. But, you know, I'm not disillusioned. I, I understand the sport. Um, you know, I've been around for a long time and... and commercial reality is that motorsport doesn't happen without money and um, if we can't find it they'll probably have to find someone that's got it that can bring it you know and um, that's just the way motor racing is how frustrating would it be because you've had so much experience with the independent rear ends and a lot of the changes are going to suit your experience yeah i I got no doubt that jonathan and i next year with our experience outside of our supercars will be actually quite fast in comparison to other people um, I think we I think we have a big chance to um, produce race wins and, and, and consistent top five finishes um, some people might think that's unrealistic but I, I really think with the new rules they've done it could, could help us a lot um, and I'd be disappointed yeah I don't I'd, I'd, yeah I would be disappointed if I don't have a drive it's not it's not the be all and end all it won't you know I won't go and jump off a cliff I haven't got a drive in Viet supercars but you know we've worked so hard to get here um, the team's put a lot of faith in me, and again, like the commercial reality will come into it. If if the, if it can be saved and I can stay here, then that'll be good. But with the events of this weekend, the talk about Shane Van Gisbergen wanting out, uh, Gary announcing that Michael's leaving his team, Lucas getting a second license. Uh, do they present opportunities for you? Um, absolutely. Um, my group have been talking um, probably in the middle of the year when things were going really well for us. I didn't pursue anything when there was opportunities that arose because I was, I was, so, um, I was so confident and so um, one-eyed focused to stay with Techno, and I, I still am. Um, but if the, if the opportunity can't present itself here, I think we should be okay. Um, but in, say, in, say, in saying that... Um, in saying that, my, my number one option is to stay here, but if, if for certain things, certain circumstances may change, I'll, I will probably try and go somewhere else. Talk about the Sydney track. It's a track that you've had a couple of races on now. What do you think about that track and what do you think that, that experience is going to be able to do for you? Oh, I think it's a fantastic circuit, Sydney. Um, awesome, really, really good event. Uh, we won there last year in the Porsche um, and uh, we're very fast in the Porsche so I think we just had a, a shock damage in qualifying otherwise we would have been on pole position but um, in the V8 supercar last time I drove there was 12th so and that was in a development series car and a main series championship so everyone's in FGs and I'm in BF so um, I think I think we'll go alright the 
as you can see, our pace from the Gold Coast, Clipsal, um, even New Zealand. Our car is very good on a street circuit, and I think uh, I think Sydney will definitely be um, um, will be along those lines. Um, we 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 have a, there's a lot of grip there, and our car likes a lot of grip, so I'm pretty sure we can come away with a, a very good result. My thanks to Fogues, Chris Jewell, and of course Michael Patrizzi there as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.